0: coming out tonight um did you guys come out for the movie night
1: oh yeah that was amazing that
0: was great yeah it was a little chilly but it was mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. to sit in the blankets and we got a i'm voting for a repeat on that i don't know if my opinion counts for anything but yeah
1: that was amazing
0: that was a good The time. key is to
1: sit close to randy and hear his reaction that that was the best <laughs> part of the movie it was funny <laughs> it was funny, <laughs> it was funny. My, my favorite line in the whole movie is at the end where forky is saying Sp- whatever it is, Sporky's Sporky. staying by Sporky. to to Vincent, and uh, Sporky says to Woody, <laughs> "That guy is terrifying." <laughs> <completely> terrifying. <laughs>
0: oh, that movie was good. If you haven't seen Toy Story 4, no plugs for Disney, of course. No. But boy, that was funny, funny, and it was a good time. Um, so, right. if you've been with us, we've been um, starting each Wednesday night with the life of Jesus, and we're going to continue that. Um, We've got to a place in Jesus' Jesus's ministry where he's just called his disciples. Um, he's growing in popularity. We talked about how Jesus at this point in time cannot even enter a city. He he has to stay on the outskirts. He's got a huge, huge following. Um, he's also growing in popularity in a negative way with the Jewish leaders right. and the Herodians and the um, People of the day, if you will, the powerful people, um, they, they hate him. And they, they are plotting to kill him. If flat out says they're thinking in their minds and uh, just kind of coming up with a plan to get rid of this Jesus and get him out of the picture. Um, so that's where we're, that's where we stopped. So what was Jesus's next step Is he preaches the Sermon on the Mount? So tonight we're going to talk about, um, we're in Matthew chapter 5. And um, we're not going to go through the whole Sermon on the Mount at, at one time. In fact, if we read through all of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it would take us, you know, maybe 15 minutes of straight reading. You've got to assume that when Jesus was preaching this sermon, it didn't take 15 minutes, right? Correct. It could have been hours. Um, So we only have uh, 15 minutes worth of reading on the Sermon of the Mount. You have to assume that a lot more preaching went into this, Um, but we're going to go over tonight just the Beatitudes. Um, So that is Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, um, I'm just going to read through the first few verses and just cover the Beatitudes tonight, or as much as we can get through. There's so much in this, as I said, well, we're going to talk about the Beatitudes, and then I thought later, maybe we should only just talk about the first (laughs) few, like three verses and stop there, but we'll see where we get with it tonight. Um, So Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Um, I learned in studying this that when the rabbi was seated, that meant it was time to listen. So that's not what we're used to today. Whenever you stand up, then it's time to, you know, everybody quiet down. The preacher's going to talk now. He's standing up. But back then when he was seated, um, it's time to listen. So they include that in this passage. So when when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So let's kind of set the scene here for a second. So we know the disciples are there because it says that when the, you know, the disciples went with him, and he's not just talking to the disciples, right? Correct. There's a crowd. Uh, who would be in this crowd, would you assume?
1: So uh, it's, it's mainly Jews, if not all Jews. Um, and the basically... The setting is a lost generation. Uh, They're a confused generation. They're waiting for the promised Messiah. They are oppressed by their teachers. They're oppressed by Romans. Uh, They're captives in their own homeland. And they had this erroneous view that Christ the Messiah would come and free them. And so that is why this message is so important because this message completely changes that ideology. It challenges it, and and he basically, this is the first time that they come face to face with, we're not saved. You see what I'm saying? Because what are Israel, Israelites? Israelites are the children Mm -hmm. of God.
0: And they've been working hard. We've been covering how they've been under this oppressive false religion where they're working hard for their faith. I mean, they're thinking, look at all these things I'm doing. It's all dependent on their acts. It's all dependent on what they can and can't do in the laws Keeping they do the law, and right. don't observe correctly. And they are in an oppressive, false religion.
1: You talk about legalism. Right.
2: And There has to be an element here that has given up on that. There's no way I'm going to make it. You know, the, yeah, there, right. There isn't a, yeah, that, so that's
1: another side of it. Jesus
2: is opening the door to that. Uh, people who have seen it, there's no way I can make it in the system of le- legalism. <laughs> and takes it to a new level. It, he does later on. Except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he's telling you here who's, who's going to be in the kingdom of heaven, the poor in spirit. So it's opening the door to a class of people probably who never thought uh, they'd make it.
1: Right. You've heard the expression, you've got to get a person lost before you can get them saved. They've got to come to a place that they realize, I'm, I'm not worthy. Uh, and yes, I think that the, the reverse to that is true. Is that, well, if, if anybody can make it, then I, I'm, I'm good, yep. you know, type thing.
3: But what a double-edged sword at that moment, though. Because what a crushing blow that everything we've worked for is a sham. Sure. But yeah, it's like I couldn't imagine the emotions you would have at that yeah. moment. You know, you got both sides of the coin staring you at the face.
0: Well, and they were waiting for the Messiah. We've talked about Correct. that. Like, they were looking and waiting for the Messiah. So Jesus hits the scene He's performing all these miracles. He's doing things. Uh, he's speaking with authority. They say that repeatedly. Like speaking, everything they've heard before is just somebody referencing. Uh, right. I heard this person right. that says this in the scriptures. He's just preaching the scriptures. Right. They, they knew it was different. They knew this he is was his special. first
2: sermon, right? This is his inaugural. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, full-blown full t- sermon,
2: of, of, right? Of so of in front
0: of all these people, but were some of them thinking like, uh, "Where's the? We're going to take down Rome." Right. Where's the all we're going to overthrow saying, all this right. system that's on us? Like did you and then he comes out with bless he starts out blessed are the poor in spirit. It would what? be like
1: going to a rap concert and the person starts preaching.
0: Like at a Kanye West <laughs> event coming yeah. near you.
1: Or or going to a a religious service and it being all politics. You know, or right. vice versa. It it, it just was yeah. would not anything they thought it would be, wasn't anything they thought it should be, and it sure wasn't what they wanted to hear. But here's here's the beauty about it is what they needed to hear.
3: Well, in the case for Christ, like with Lee Strobel, it's just another example of Christ not trying to win popularity contests correct you know when if he was a false prophet you want everybody to love you right and he's coming out just preaching the truth and saying a lot of things people don't want to hear so that's just more credibility he is who he says he was
2: he makes this connection at the end this is blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you so he makes a connection there mm-hmm. between you can be counted with the prophets of God if if you have a relationship with God and you seek spiritual wealth,
1: but but still not the greatest lead-in line. You can be persecuted too.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> Step I, I, right up! up. Yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> and of course, there was 11 guys, that, 12 guys that already had signed up. You know.
0: So I had read this excerpt. This is a commentary from Warren Wiersbe. Um, and this is what he says about just the word blessed. Um, to us, we might just think, well, happy. Right. I mean, you could, you could reread this and say, blessed or you know, happy, happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who, who are meek. Uh, which makes no sense to us, by the right. way. Like when you, at the surface, that's like, well, who wants to be poor in spirit and mourn right. and meek? I don't know. Like, is there something else you got there? Um, but as he's talking to the crowd, the first word he says is blessed. And uh, Warren Wiersbe writes, this was a powerful word for those who heard Jesus that day. To them, it meant divine joy and perfect happiness. The word was not used for humans. Blessed described the kind of joy experienced only by the gods or the dead. Blessed implied an an inner satisfaction and sufficiency that did not depend on outward circumstances Mm -hmm. or happiness. Mm
1: -hmm. Which is the definition of true joy. True joy is a relationship with Christ that is not based on outward circumstances. You and I can't control our outward circumstances. We can control whether or not we have a vibrant love relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we have that joy, those up and down circumstances do not affect, they don't, they don't have to, the joy. They only do if we allow it to. You
2: know, I wonder if each, one, each thing that's mentioned here is a thing that's special to God's heart. The, the poor in spirit. Those that are mourning, the meek, those who h- are hungry for righteousness, the, the, those who are merciful, those who have a pure heart, those peacemakers, Because these are the things that he lists, happier you, and there's a response to that, for they shall see God, for they shall be called the children of God. Makes you wonder if these are, are like top 10 or. And you know, I, I did God's have that
0: heart. as a question. Is there an order to
1: I the so. list? Yes.
0: I listened to about six hours worth well, of John MacArthur's sermon on this, so I do have an answer if you don't. <laughs> you ready. And
3: isn't it, though, also he's basically describing himself? No that doubt. Each one of those is who he
1: is. Right. And it, well, This is all I want to throw in, and I'm more than willing for you to answer your own question. Uh, none of these things that he is pointing these people to require special giftedness. Special ability, special talent, it's just willingness. So a person that can't dribble a basketball can have all these things. A person that can't thread a needle can have all of these things. And, and, so th- and that's what I love about Jesus, is that his best is available to everyone, no matter your mental ability, your physical ability, your, your financial ability. It's available to everyone.
3: And you actually have to go out of your way not to possess these qualities. It's with that. I'm I'm trying to think
1: what you're getting at there. Like
3: if to be a rotten person, you know, you don't have to be someone special to have these qualities. You just have a relationship with God. But if you deny your relationship with God, you deny these qualities. I got you. And you have to go out of your way not to be what he would like you to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, I, th- I think I see what you're saying. I, I think the other, the other side of that is true, too. If you just leave yourself to yourself, you're, you're going to be a rotten person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I Ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I do not submit to Christ in these areas, I'm a pretty rotten person at home, type thing. But but I, I see what you're saying. Uh, the, because, again, it all gets down to obedience. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we, we like to— of relationship. Yeah. Right, right. We We always like to think that the Christian life is so hard— the hard part is crucifying yourself. Once you get that down, Christianity all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. becomes a, a pretty... Surrendering anim- your
0: pride is definitely one of the s- first yes. steps in the yes. process.
1: I, what did Paul say? I die daily. Yeah.
0: So um, in studying this, and he starts out with, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, and this is anything I say from here on out is literally something I heard uh, preached <laughs> in the countless sermons that you've got segment brought to you
3: by
0: hours. Grace to you, ten, <laughs> 10 hours <is> <laughs> of sermons on just the Beatitudes. Mind blowing. I only made it through about six out of the t- those ten hours. But he says, um, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." That that is admitting first. You have to recognize your own spiritual poverty. Yes. You have to recognize first before you go anywhere else your sinfulness. Your helplessness and your need for God. That is step one in the message.
1: Would you agree? Yet nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Uh, I, I think it was John MacArthur that used the word bankruptcy. You and I will never get the riches of Christ until we admit our bankruptcy.
0: So when he says poor, poor in spirit, he's not talking about um, depressed or just. Mm-hmm. Or even poor, as in like I don't have wealth. Poor. He's he's saying like spiritually poor. Yeah, I, I have spiritually nothing
1: good <laughs> in me to commend myself to you. You know the old saying is, "Christ, if you don't do this, it's not going to get done." Right. Type thing. Well, isn't that the
3: first step in obedience to accepting
1: Christ? For sure, you bet. repenting recognizing right. your sinfulness. Right.
0: So therefore, righteous. No, not one. You see, you're. You're poor in spirit. You By that, you recognize my spiritual poverty, my bankruptcy to sin, and then you mourn over that. So the next one is blessed are those who mourn. What are you mourning? Is he just talking about mourning over, you know, you've, you've lost a loved one, you've lost a, a, you know finances? You, no, mourning over your spiritual state. So first you recognize your poor spiritual state. Next step is your mourning right. over your sin. Th- th-
1: think about it. Th- one of the most devastating things is to realize I'm a sinner. But then, what is even more devastating than that is that I deserve hell. Yeah. Th- that's what I rightfully deserve. I that, deserve that place deserve. on the cross. Right. Yeah. right. And that, that should bring us to mourning. It, it, it truly should.
0: And so, then yeah. the next is meek. And meekness makes, you know, if you look up meek, it seems like you're a coward, you lack right. courage. Um, that is not meekness, meekness. you know Jesus could have said called down a legions of angels to just slaughter everything inside if he wanted to. He had the power to do it, but meekness was strength under god 's control. It was surrendered to god 's control. so when you say meek um, the next step is i you know i 'm poor in spirit i 'm mourning over the fact that I have spiritual poverty, and the next step is meekness, meaning you 're surrendering. Your strength, you're under God's control. It's strength surrendered to God's control. Beginning A broken
1: wisdom, will.
3: Beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord.
1: Meekness was, uh, in this day, used for breaking horses. If a horse was meek, he was broke. Well, why? Because you look at a horse, and they have unbelievable power. And if they are not broken, it, it's destructive power to themselves and to others if they're not careful. And so, once that horse becomes meek, it's power under control.
0: And it's a powerful animal.
1: Oh my goodness! And you can ride that dude. You know, you can do a lot of stuff with that horse that has been meeked, if you will. And you and I are the same. When when we get to that point of, okay, God, I'm I'm not taking my life into my own hands. Now, all of a sudden, God has got a powerful tool for His glory and His kingdom.
0: So then, the next logical step is you've recognized your sinfulness. You've mourned it, uh, repented most likely, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, you're under God's, you're surrendered your strength to God's will. Mm -hmm. Next is hunger and thirst for righteousness. And man, we just don't know what it is to hunger or thirst. I work with a girl, and we have to ask everyone, when's the last time you had something to eat or drink? And she goes, I was thinking the other day, if somebody asked me that, my answer would almost always be five minutes ago. (laughs) Like, we don't (laughs) hunger. Hunger to us is, I usually eat at 11, and I ate at 1 p.m. instead. I mean, that is hunger in America. And even thirst, like, could we have more beverage choices available at any (laughs) given time? I mean, my gosh. Like, look at-
2: Yes, we could. Coffee uh, bar.
0: No we down. could use a coffee bar here. If we're, but
2: One more choice. Yeah,
0: one more choice maybe. But I mean every flavor of soda, tea, coffee, water, even the water is flavored. Like we don't know hunger and thirst. People back then knew hunger and thirst. Right. They, they understood. And it's a natural thing to hunger. It's a natural thing to thirst. When you're thirsty, you drink. When you're hungry, you eat. Um, and in this, he's saying, uh, you know, hunger for righteousness. What do we hunger and thirst for today? Power.
1: Power, fame. Health, uh, popularity. Security, right, popularity. Who
0: right. liked my post on Facebook? Um, right, you know, right. Stuff, just who's got that's the most right. stuff. I mean, that's, it, let's just be honest, but that is what we're hunger and thirsty for. What if we hungered and thirsted for righteousness? Like, what, what would that look like? What does it look like when we don't? I mean, right, like I was listening to this uh, sermon just on hunger and thirst, and I'm like, Do I hunger and thirst for righteousness? What is my spiritual state that if I don't, if I'm not? I'm posing questions to myself and to you. Have you thought much on that?
1: Well, I mean, in my humble opinion, the the answer to that, and we've all experienced it, is that when when you are feeding on this world, you're not satisfied. You think, you know, that which we think satisfies is not that which truly satisfies. And so we we sit there and feed upon the entertainment of the day. We feed upon... um, people giving us accolades, whatever the case may be, and we're still empty. We still want more, you know, and and such.
3: We've all had, like, in in the song it says, how sweet was your salvation the day it first appeared. Right. You know, but when, I can only speak for myself, but when you're on fire, you know when you're on fire and you're feeling the Lord and you're feeling the Word and you're feeling your gifts, that's, that's when it is for me. You know, that's when I'm thirsting and wanting more, but it's waves, you know, and that's why repentance is so... Important, you know, because I think we fall into those worldly things, Mm -hmm. and it just clouds that. And get on your knees and beg for it to come back. That's revival.
2: An experience of righteousness and a good, good definition, good good understanding of a definition of righteousness. I think is key to to wanting it, understanding what righteousness is, Uh, a state of being where you're free from sin or you're you have assumed God's um, sin-free status. Jesus has given us his uh, righteousness and, and taken our sin and replaced in, in exchange. And then righteousness is a state of mind where you're not harming anyone. You're actually seeking the betterment of other people. So developing a thought process about what righteousness is, I think, helps us hunger for it as well.
0: So I had written here that the character of seeking righteousness is, an in, as definition, an intense craving for God's righteousness as your purpose in life. The description there is broken desires. You're transferring your affections from things below to things above. And I just kept thinking of that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I know my mom used to always say, we're just pilgrims passing through. Store up your treasures in heaven. And I would be like, is that what you've got, Mom? Like, I need some <laughs> solid advice right now. And just.
2: And that was the most solid store advice up your treasures she in can heaven. That in right.
0: hindsight was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Well,
2: where your treasures are, there will your heart be also.
1: So Charles uh, Swindoll used to preach a message called $3 of God. That's all I want, $3 of God. Going to heaven, nice life, good health. $3.
2: And some fun.
1: Yeah, $3 of God. And uh, the, the reality is, again, that that doesn't satisfy and we, we are longing for, and, and you know, we'll say it this way too, if we're not careful, we, we forget that there is nobody in this universe that has our best interest at heart more than God, and the life he has for us is the most satisfying life that we can experience, and so if we will hunger and thirst after him, he's going to give us a life that's out of this world, uh, you know, you're going to win people to Christ, you're going to disciple them, you're going to. Pour into your family, yada, yada, yada. So
3: why don't we do it?
0: Why don't we do it? <laughs> why do we live so struggle. spiritually bankrupt?
3: It's a daily <laughs> struggle. I think about just the junk I went through this week, and I'm like, man, I'm sitting up here talking, but
1: well, you're, so you're right. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to give you the answer to that, uh, and, and I'm as guilty as anybody in this room. We have failed the test of prosperity. The people in China, underground church, <laughs> they're not struggling with this. Right. They are hungering and thirsting after righteousness because they may die tomorrow. The people in Muslim countries that their parents have vowed to kill them before the sun goes down because they converted, they're not struggling. They're hungering and thirsting for righteousness and as such. Now, with that said, I have to believe that you and I in this wonderful great country can hunger and thirst for righteousness and still be, quote, unquote, as prosperous as we are. We just have it to do, as John Smith used to say.
0: Um, so then we're on to merciful. Should we stop here and and carry on next week, or should we try to plow through then? I think this is
1: good. rather than plow through it. Let's let's uh, let's,
0: uh, let's just stop. <laughs> yeah. I, it's too rich, and I, right. I told myself it, there's just too much in here to let it go so quickly. The one thing I did want to point out is um, I've been trying to. Um, we talked about how Mark and the Gospels. Each Gospel has their um, they're all to point to that Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus right. is God's son. Um, Matthew is pointing to the kingship the king. of Jesus, that yep. he is the king. And so at the end of Micah, I had it pulled up here. So when you end the Old Testament, it ends with a curse. Like the last Micah chapter 4, verse 6, um, the last thing it says, in the, hearts of the, uh, the hearts of the fathers to the children, he will turn, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse, period. That's the last thing in the Old Testament is a curse, lest I strike thee. So that's how it ends. You've got Adam, starts out Adam in the garden. He messes up. He sins. There's a fall. Curse. Mm-hmm. And then we open up the New Testament. Here's Matthew presenting Jesus. Jesus is king. And what's Jesus in his big sermon, his opening statement? Blessings.
2: Blessed, Right.
0: Blessings. So we'll stop there. And we'll continue on with the Beatitudes uh, next week there. Um, we'll continue with Blessed Are the Merciful. Um, so this is where we do I'm Just Saying, and we break up the action for a Are little bit. That, Does anybody I'm Just Saying. Ha- Does anybody have? i, I know one. Ben has, an I'm Just Saying, and then I have I got one, a different one tonight.
1: So uh, this it was interesting today. I, I, I'm a word guy, and, I, and I'm not saying that because I'm smart because you all know better. I, I like the power of words. I like what words do for you. So I heard a word today. Uh, I'm just saying uh, I feel educated after learning a word today on Fox Financial. I'm going to use it in the sentence that I discovered it in and see if you can decipher the word or the meaning. The bifurcation between the wealthy in California and the poor could not be deeper or greater.
2: What does the Bifur- word bifurcation mean? Oh, I
0: actually use this every day at S- work. Let's hear it.
2: Same here. <laughs> like the bifurcation. It's separation yeah, or. Sorry. It's like it's where division. something no,
1: divides. Do you really use it Oh, at yeah. Work?
0: This is like it's, we'll say the blockage was at the bifurcation of the LED and the diag oh. or something. So I, well.
3: Yeah, I, I use that on roller coaster.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm sure you do. <laughs> That the bifurcation yeah. of the
1: the mine train the ninja. bifurcates. Trust me. I heard him say that. I went. Who do you, what are you
2: You don't want to be bifurcated on the roller coaster. I was going say. Yeah, yeah. Amen
0: to that. If no a bifurcation, bifurcation the, occurs the, to yeah, me. Yeah, it's got this is the beauty. We're going to own uh,
1: it. So I went straight to 1828 Webster Dictionary, and there was the definition. Really? And so anyway.
0: So it says the bifurcation between the wealthy. The and wealthy the, in
1: California and the poor. So in California, the bifurcation between the wealthy and the poor could not be greater. So there
0: is no middle class. No mm-hmm. middle class. Right. Mm-hmm. They could have just Here said there's no wealthy.
1: middle class. Yeah, he could class. have. But th- this guy was smart. The
0: divide is he huge. He was
1: smart. Mm. They could
0: have just said that, too.
1: And he's got money. <laughs> you got one, Gavin?
0: Tom, do you have it? Yeah, no. I'm just saying that's I got not one. related to Kanye West.
1: Yeah, that's not
3: Kanye West. It's, it's uh, Chick-fil-A. So, <laughs> well, we went to Keynes the other day. And I was like, they got Roman helmets on their doors. Do you see that? And I was I like, know. it just keeps getting worse. So we went in there, and there was Roman Pagans. helmets everywhere. And then you see inside it has the one love. Uh, um, there's a yeah, – people in radio Lane can't see it, but they got a sign in there that says one love, and underneath it's a picture of Elvis. And that's a man who called himself the king. So they're saying, what love? This guy's – it's, Elvis just, it's all king. conspiracy. <laughs> I know. It's all conspiracy. We
0: had a great debate between – we. I I'm glad you all can't read the texts that go on between this <laughs> we panel here. Fight about up here. Kanye
3: West and Chick Fil A. I mean, <laughs> it's a brawl.
0: I mean, the divide between the Kanye's and the non and the Chick Fil I told him he,
2: he missed a Dagon Thursdays where they give out little Dagon to uh, oh, yeah. the, the tumors and what they had that little tumors that they give out. Do you remember they, the tumors that they they used? <laughs> I missed to, that. It was part of their um, are they giving tumors, worshipers tumors. Ed? Look it up. Look it okay, up. It's well, a it's a part a- of their. Um, Canes? A, no, no, no. In the Old Testament. In oh. the Old Testament. So
1: you got <laughs> Old Testament.
2: Testament. <laughs> Come yeah. on now. And the Old Testament Day.
1: had two, Tuesday giveaways? We have no. to interpret. Can, yeah, I
2: was trying brilliant. to make Canes out to be the pagan place that Well, that's is. true. They have, like, I did they give a little with Dagon. Pastor
1: Bay because when
3: you go to Chick-fil-A, you listen to Christian music. And I said, it was nice listening to Bon Jovi while we ate instead of worshiping.
1: Music. <laughs> so so we got to give the, the side that makes sense. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the issue has never been Is Chick fil A more Christian than Cain's? True. That, that's settled. True that. <laughs> that's settled. The question has always been. And we're is slowly getting converts bear? as people yeah. eat there. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with
0: you people? There. They got taste buds, <laughs> okay.
1: Terrace And so when you eat Cane's chicken, Chick-fil-A becomes a wonderful Christian institution. But that's all it is. They can't make chicken. And they, sell, they don't they know what too. they're doing. And Kane's nails it. I look at it
3: like this, even it's if that's just true. Okay. Even if that's true, I was telling, <laughs> you know it's true. I was telling uh, Dr. Hooks here, PhD, I said, now, if you had, a, if you had a, uh, a baker in your town that was being crucified by the establishment and all that, and the next baker right next to him
1: even had better cake,
3: wouldn't you support the Christian establishment? <laughs> you would, just for the sake of what sure. they believe. But I would
1: have to admit, his cakes are better.
2: <laughs> I would have to admit right.
0: if they truly I'm are. I'm going to say what I always say. <laughs> And Passionate
2: is, about chicken. I
0: am not a fast food fan. You know this. It takes a lot to get me to eat a fast food right. anything. And I, I think Chick-fil-A, I've had both. Chick-fil-A's chicken nuggets just can't be beat. No. They're oh, the wow. best. They cannot be beat.
1: So for and that, that I'll so pray awesome. for your taste buds. My, uh,
3: my eight-year-old said, can't you get these at cash saver? <laughs> like the <laughs> like hot case? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like the hot case at fries?
0: Country Mart.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. They're just
0: okay.
1: Yeah. That tells me all Creakle I need to know, fries. Tom. If DFS is listening, you may want to get ready for a visit. Yeah. Because there's some abuse going on, man. Wow.
0: Oh, man. No. All right. Enough I'm of just that. saying I'm going to be the one that brings this back around, Amen. as always. Amen. And we're going to move on to our next topic. I'm going to save what I was going to have for next week. There you so. go. Um,
1: we got another break, don't we? No. No? Not now.
0: No. So uh, our next topic is if... God is all-knowing and sovereign, and he is. If he already knows he our we future, talk about this. Yes, if he knows the plans, it says he knows the plans he has for us. If God is all-knowing, he's a sovereign God, he knows what he's going to do anyway, why do we pray?
1: Okay. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give each panelist two minutes and 30 seconds to answer that question. If God's sovereign, so it's all determined, why do we pray? Who's going to go first?
0: And you only have two
1: Two and
2: minutes and minute. thirty seconds. Can I? Can I? Are we going to cover the God's the other topic? Are we going to cover that one? Topic three,
0: possibly is topic that, two is for that, next is, week. Okay. If not. All right.
2: Because I, I, mine would blend with my response here. That's you why. Yeah, two and a half to minutes say. to condense. I don't think that's you enough time. I have a minute. For <laughs> some.
0: Well, I'll go. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. All right. Whenever um, the Old Testament prophesies that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, God even could use King Herod to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem for the delivery of Jesus as predicted in the town of Bethlehem. So to fulfill that prophecy. If he can use somebody like King Herod, he's, he'll use any vessel he wants. Mm-hmm. So if God knows what he's going to do, can't he use us as a vessel for prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that, we're blessed through it, right? So even if he already knows what he's going to do, wouldn't you like to be the one that helped pray that through or be the vessel that is used to make it happen? That was my thought, and that took 40 seconds. So
1: Very good. Did that make sense? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. It, came, it looked better on my paper than it came out.
1: <laughs> no, you did great. Who wants to go next?
3: Well, uh, to piggyback off what she said, that's kind of what I was alluding to when I said. Time? Is it my time? Yep, yeah, it's go. my time. Okay, okay, here we go. Go. So that's what I was alluding to, that you kind of have to go out of your way to not fulfill what God wants you to do. Like not obeying the Holy Spirit. Right. Even people that don't know Christ, they always talk about the little devil and angel on your shoulder. I think we it's God is in us. And I think we know right from wrong. But a lot of times we choose the wrong because it's more popular. We think it's more satisfying, but it isn't. Um, maybe I didn't answer that question, but i got minutes still. You have two good. more minutes. Why do, why do we tell God? Pose the question again.
0: Why do we pray? He already knows well, okay. what he's, he's going If
1: he's sovereign, why do we pray? I praying? think
3: because it's a respect thing. You know, like if I watch my children do something wrong, I just want them to tell me, you know, I've always told my children, you won't ever get in trouble if you just tell me what you did. Now, if you lie and you try to keep it from Mm -hmm. me, you're going to get in trouble. And I I think it's one of those things. God already knows our sins. He knows what we're going to do, what we did. He just wants us to admit it to him so he can say it's okay. Thank you. Or Tom,
0: don't you already know the things your kids need? Like right now, don't you know the things, you're you're an aware father, you know the things your children need, but don't you like it when they ask? Yeah. Like, I think it's the same. Maybe not on a spiritual level. No, but, and, but on we, on we love to reward level. them.
3: We love for them to acknowledge that we are their caregivers. Um, I love when my kids can do something, but, Dad, can you reach that cup? Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm you and
2: know? doesn't
0: God want yeah. to do that for us? Like, yeah, I know you need that, but, boy, I love it be when really you nice
2: ask. if you asked, yeah, and if you asked nicely.
3: Yeah, so that, that's basically it. I think it's just an acknowledgment that He is our Father, that we are dependent on Him. That's one of our prayers, that we thank Him every day for the giver and taker of things. And uh, we thank Him for our health. We know He provides our health. We know He can take our health. All things We we when we thank Him. I think he's, he's He's thankful that He has an obedient servant, basically.
1: All right. All right. Go, Gav. You're on the clock. Well, you've given me a
2: whole new realm of things to think about on this concept of freedom because we're we're free moral agents. God's given us freedom. But yet... We know certain things are going to happen in history because he's prophesied them or included them in his word. One of them, you know, being that Jesus will be crucified, so forth and so on. And how God can include us in His plan, and it be an act of our voluntary uh, submission to it, is the perfect demonstration of what He intends for a relationship. Us being free to to voluntary, voluntarily follow His commands. You know, He says, if you follow my commands, you are the one that loves me and I'll reveal myself to you, to me, to you. I'm sorry, my father and I will re- reveal my, ourselves to you. The point is that it's voluntary on our part, but yet God God knows that we're going, when we get a, a taste of His love and what it's all about, we start to say yes. In saying yes to His will, praying that we'll get a chance to be at bat is another thing that I think God enjoys or or pleases him. It's the biggest honor that you could possibly have for God to bring you into circumstance where you could be used mightily of him, and you say yes to that. And prayer is all part of that. God, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? Um, voluntarily obeying him is the the um, demonstration of love for him. I think it pleases God to involve us that way, and it, and prayer is part of that I, I've got to talk through it, God, to know what you want, and, I, and I've got to ask you for strength because I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough to, to do this, but I'm going to make myself available to you.
3: Lean not on your own understanding.
2: Yeah, and talking through that, I think God, God that's the kind of conversation God really, I think right. God pleases him. It sure makes me feel fulfilled when I feel like he's conversing back with me or revealing things to me that I want to know or I'm trying to understand.
1: Well, let, let me ask a qualifying question. Are you guys making the assumption that because God is sovereign, that means that everything is predetermined? Are, are we making that assumption? I don't think so. Right, okay. but Because th- that's where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, can,
0: can we change God's mind, or is it already made up?
1: Okay, so I, w- with that question, I, I will pose the other question. Do we have free moral will or no? Yes, we do. We do. So, therefore... Um, it's not as cut and dry as, 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 as you said, in my opinion. You've heard it said, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. If it was God's will, Adam would have never sinned. I mean, in other words, if God's will always happens, Adam would have never sinned. Eve would have never taken of the fruit and the such. God's will is seldom done, <laughs> you know, throughout a day. Because of our obstinance and our sin and such of that nature. So, I, and I don't believe that hurts God's sovereignty not one little bit. Because he, in his sovereignty, if you will, he wound this thing up and threw it into action. And he's waiting to see what we're going to do. And he is, the scripture is very clear, he has predestined certain things. And He's he's working that all out that it's going to happen. But it's still dependent upon yours and my mm-hmm. doing what god asks us to well, do well
3: god does not send you to hell he just honors
2: he your honors wishes your
1: wishes that's right i mm-hmm. used that the other this, day this
2: uh, notion of freedom is just uh, it's been tumbling in my mind for about 6 months now the, the fact that he made us free he didn't have to make us free he could have made us right. designed right. to obey and to never do sovereign. anything wrong he could, have, done could that. have could have done it that, that way but we'd have to change the definition of love if that was the case we wouldn't know what genuine, true love is if there's no freedom to choose it or freedom to leave it. So that, that's, the, that's what makes love beautiful. That's what makes it genuine and authentic. It makes it a, an invigorating experience. When, someone, when you make an offer of love and someone magically reciprocates that love, it is uh, an experience that changes your life. So God could have designed us and programmed us to worship and obey him, but if that had been what he'd done, then we'd have to be describing a different kind of love. And love as we know it would not exist if you cannot reject it. It's not love. Without freedom, love as we know it. I've already, I'm sorry I already said that. But, um, well, but the alternative is the evil. People that could choose not to love him could choose evil.
1: Yeah, And don't get me wrong. I agree with everything you guys have said. I, I just believe that it goes, if you will, one step deeper in that tomorrow's not determined. I do not believe, to, so I do. That's why I believe in prayer. That's why I believe that prayer not just changes things, but prayer changes people. And, so it's, and, I,
3: and I think we're probably saying the same thing. On oh, different, no doubt. And different, because, like, have you ever read, read one of those books, and you get to choose at the end of the chapter, does your character go this way or <laughs> this way? I loved those
1: books. Yeah, and
3: you, could, and you could do the past, and I think that's kind of the way our life is. I think we have a couple scenarios that we can go down. I could go,
1: oh, no doubt. just do
3: terrible things tonight and, and destroy the rest of my life. Right, you know. But it's the relationship that keeps you on the straight and narrow.
1: Right. So let, let's throw this at you: uh, Could Jonah have stayed in the well?
2: Jonah. I suppose yeah. so. He I, could mean, have. I, I mean, I guess Jonah,
1: right? Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, I could have. He confused. could
3: have. Well, jo- not Jonah, Jonah the whale. He could Jonah have done. The oh, the I right. thought you said well. I was like, "Wait, no, whale. that was my wife says well too. She's from Arkansas, yeah." A <laughs> no, well, I <laughs> mean,
0: he could have chose to do the right thing the first time and never ended up in the whale.
1: Correct. Amen.
0: Or he could Correct. have never repented and stayed right. in the whale and. I just believe
1: he'd have died that night if he would have become trip food doing it at it. some point. Because he was bigoted, he was absolutely bigoted. He he hated the Ninevites. Um, Larry threw in praying is important because we have uh, a choice between good and bad. Praying helps you make the good choice. Amen to that. Amen.
0: Well, okay, I thought of an analogy, and it might be wrong, but, you know, God, would you say, knows our our death day. He knows oh, our, our no birthday. Doubt. He knows our, oh, boy, like, the, our, our death stamp. I mean, there it's it's, boom. He knows when, where, and the how. So does that mean we're like, well, God knows when we're going to die anyway. Let's just live it up. Let's drink it up, eat it up, smoke it up. You know, let's sit on the couch and Netflix it up. I mean, should that just mean we should live a horrible and unhealthy lifestyle and just give it, you know, whatever.
1: Don't, don't you think that that death date is movable? <laughs> I, I do. I, I think that's know. the path. Right. Uh, I, 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 I think there's a drop dead date. <laughs> yeah. No Expiration date. I'm just
0: there's saying, he already knows date when it is. Are that supposed if Ben to? lives
1: the healthiest life, which we know that's already <laughs> out, but if Ben lives the healthiest life, you know, in 2058, he done, you know. But if I keep <laughs> going to canes. Instead of Chick-fil-A and such of that nature, it may be moved up to 2048, you know, or 2038. Who, who knows? He's
3: eating more nuggets, Moses. That's Look right. at
1: <laughs>
0: Well, I was just saying, if he already knows when your death stamp is, uh, I mean, does that mean we're supposed to abuse our body? No, no we no, should take care not. of our body. God right. has called us to do that. It's the same thing with prayer. I mean, if God kind of already has an idea this is going to happen, does that mean we just shouldn't pray? Well, whatever he's made up his mind. Right. No, pray. Right.
1: Pray. And, and even even if you know if, that if, was an analogy, clearly. No, I'm with you. If someone is sitting here that was what we call a fatalist, that it's everything's predetermined. You're still, supposed to pray because God said to. Right. right. You know. But I don't believe in fatalism. I don't believe that everything's predetermined. I believe you and I have a free moral will, and as a result, we need to pray.
3: Well, and I just read an article that was based in science on how us as an aware creature, we all know we're going to die, so how do we not just live in despair and misery every day? And, the, and, and they looked at it from a scientific angle that our brain blocks that out. Mm. We look at it from a Christian level is we have hope, right. so we don't truly believe we die. You know, so yeah. we live in a way of eternal life. But it was kind of neat that it is true. How are we not just running through the streets screaming, I'm, I'm going to die?
0: Well, have you ever spent like a good amount of time in prayer and then afterwards thought, I wish I hadn't wasted that time praying? <laughs> I mean, have right. you ever done that? Yeah. I know. You pray and then you're like, right. okay.
1: That's, that's like, you know, you, you never hear a businessman saying, I wish I'd have spent more time at the office. Right. Right. You know, instead, it's I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids, my wife, you know, whatever the case may be.
0: So, I mean, you spend time in prayer and you emerge a different person. Maybe that's just me. Just oh, No saying. doubt. It,
1: again, it, it, and it changes you ultimately. Prayer changes you. As you spend time with God, uh, he changes you. There's no doubt.
0: So someone texted in, but doesn't God already know what he will choose? So in a way, is it predestined because he already knows our choice?
1: Well, that's where hmm. you get the perfect marrying, if you will, of free moral will. And God's sovereignty, God sovereignly set it up this way. But does he know what you're going to choose? Absolutely. Or he's not God. But does he force you to choose that? No, No. because if he does, then we're robots.
0: Um, So I found this in a devotional on prayer that I was doing, but um, it's about where we got the words to a famous hymn that once I say it, you all will know it. But um, Joseph Scriven was an Irish man with a life of bitter disappointments. Uh, Poor health cut his career as a military officer short. His fiance drowned in a terrible accident the night before their wedding. After moving to Canada, he suffered the sudden death of a second fiance. His palm of faith and confidence in the power of prayer has encouraged many generations of Christians. This is it. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer.
1: Sweet hour of prayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. I was
0: going to make that my drop the mic statement and close the segment. But if you have something else that can follow no, it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, so we'll go you on to Did you hear that third.
3: confidence? I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> She's a, it that was guy, good. That guy you talked about <laughs> last week, there's that woman again. She listened to her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so this is our third topic for the night. Um, and just to kind of sum it up, Tom posed a question, so I'm going to let you lead off, Tom. But ultimately what we're going to call this is why do good things happen to bad people? And you know we've all thought it. Like, man, look at that guy's got everything under the sun. The car, the power, the fame, the force, it's got it all. Just a, you know, lifestyle that's not so behooving of the Christian life. Or flat out just atheist. Um, And why do they seem to just have so many good things when they're just, quote, not a good person? Well, And And maybe doing bad things. Not saying because you're an atheist you're a bad person. But let's just say somebody's doing bad things. We can all...
3: Well, I don't want to punch it away, but I'm afraid I'm going to muddy the question Um, because I'm not necessarily confused with mine. I see how it relates, but I'm going to.
1: Well, okay, so we'll set it up this way. So this is a twist on the usual saw, why do bad things happen to good people, which comes from the widely accepted but erroneous secular view that there is basic good in all people. Now, there is a fine line here because, yes, we are created in God's image, but because of the fall, none are righteous, no one. We have a marred image We are full of infinite value and worth, but because of the fall we are totally depraved and we have nothing in us that will commend us, good in us that will commend us to God. So, a good approach to the usual question is to turn it on its head and ask the opposite. Now, the answer to the former uh, question, which is, why do good things happen to bad people? It's God's grace. God's grace is why good things happen to bad people. The answer to the latter, why do bad things happen to good people, is the curse of sin. All bad things are attributed to the fall. Every good and perfect gift cometh from the Father of lights. And you and I both know that that's not what secular humanity believes. Secular humanity believes this is God's fault. Why is God doing this? Why is God letting little children die? Why is God letting the Muslims do this, that, or the other? You can't blame God with that. That's on sin. So the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous, the Scripture says. And then that's where I was going to say Tom has a twist on these thoughts.
3: Okay, thank you. I'm glad you started out. You so my question was, we the scripture says be not conformed to the world. All right. The Bible paints the world as sinful. So I didn't know if it was a play on words or lost in translation when it said God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But yet we're taught be not conformed of the world. So it's so scripture saying God loved the world, he gave his only son. And then I looked a little bit deeper into it, and loved is past tense. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be God so loves the world, or wouldn't it be God so loves man? He gave his only begotten son. Because God hates sin, and we're taught the world is sin. Right. So it was just a translation. I'm like, wow, if you look at that scripture, it's like it seems so confusing right. face value.
1: So John 3.16, and, and I would have to, this is, you know, I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion. Uh, I'd have to go to the commentaries to get absolute final word. In that setting, the word world is referring to the population of the world. Okay. Whereas in the other uh, you know, translations, as you said, it's referring to the world. You know, Be not conformed to this world. So that's the system, the world system. Do not, in fact, I preached on that just a while back, and that comes from John McCurley. Uh Be not conformed. To this world's system but be transformed by the renewing of your mind but then when you go in that john three sixteen, for god so loved the population of the world if you will for god so loved humanity that he gave his only begotten son and and you know when you when you look at it uh this world is god's creation and he right. loves it so why would he say do not be conformed to the world he's talking about the world's system
3: and, and that's what I figured. Sure. But I think, you know, that's one thing that's so good about this radio yeah. broadcast and yeah. that. And when you're speaking with the lay person or the non church person, these are some of the questions you get smacked with, you right. know? But no when, doubt. When, when I don't know what brought this up, but when I talked to my wife, she's like, wow, good question, you know? Then the my son <laughs> tries to answer it, you know? But, uh,
1: <laughs> well, but he may be closer to yeah, the truth yeah, than you. Yeah, he of just them. might. But,
3: well, <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I thought, but yeah. that cool. was my question about it.
1: See, we, this is a short segment. we got time for your...
0: Oh, somebody texted in, oh. like to love the church is not the building, it's the people. Correct. That. Correct. I used to love it yeah. where um, when I went to church, I can remember there was this one guy that kind of did the opening thing, and he was like, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen, and everybody would be like, amen. And then years later, I'm like, it's just a building. Yeah. It, what, the, it, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't here till we show up. Right. Like, we gotta, we got to be here. It's, it's, yeah, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, but I'm like... We,
1: so, it's, so, not,
0: it's just a building until we show that's up. That's right.
1: So, so let's give context to that because you are absolutely right. The reason the guy said that is because of the David, the Davidic psalm, uh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why would he say that? Because back then, the Holy Spirit did not dwell in individuals. He would meet them.
0: In the tent of meeting.
1: That's right, right. But again, you're st- you're still right. He's in the New Testament now, <laughs> and, and, and and you know if he was here right now, he'd probably say, I, I know that. I you know? <laughs> but 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 you're you're right, and and I think I even say it on occasion. You know, I was glad when they said to me, "Let's go to the house of the Lord." But but again, you, know, you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and that gives all the more credence to taking care of this temple. So here's the
3: rabbit hole about you know, congregating. Right, so for up. the guy that says, well, you're right, I worship God in my dear stand.
1: Yeah. Well, so you've got Hebrews 10:29 for that. Uh, Forsake not the to assembling together of yourselves as is a manner of right. man some. Uh, and so, amen. So now, uh, talk about a rabbit hole, uh, I talked to Kevin Pulse today. And Kevin Pulse is getting ready for his uh, bone marrow Transplant, we call that transplant, and he'll be
0: gone for—is it months? Yeah, like he a will long be time. pretty well living at the hospital at right. a hospital-like setting for weeks and weeks.
1: You probably do. Do you know what they give you to kill your bone marrow?
2: The radiation. The radiation. I actually it's don't. Know.
1: Something out of rabbits. It's oh. something that they concoct out of rabbits. That kills your bone marrow. Wascui rabbit. Connie told him, said that's for all those years of rabbit hunting. (laughs) (laughs) They're giving you back (laughs) toxin.
0: Oh, and pray for him. And my gosh, a long, a long road.
1: So. Um, And I think it's a pretty painful thing. I I Obviously, never gone. He's not looking forward to it. No, I I don't know how he could. Hopefully, they. Giving him some feel good medicine. And well, and I think
3: he said he told me he was going to be shacked up for no less than thirty days. Yeah, you know, and he's already hospital. been in there since
0: last week At the Wednesday. least, yeah, at right. least. So pray for him. Pray yeah. for him. That is that is not easy. I mean, yeah. thankful yeah. for a cure that this should be the no cure doubt. for him when he gets on the other the side of it. That the fact we're smart enough to
1: know how to kill your bone marrow, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> so then you
1: can put new bone marrow in there.
2: Replacing it's the that's cool right. part. That, that's right.
0: I didn't think we'd have time for this because it is so not important. Uh, I feel It's it going to be fun. Super anti-climactic. Be fun. Uh, But we have eight minutes to kill, so here we go. Wow. My son said the other day, Mom, what's your second Christmas And I was like, my second Christmas, and I was like, I know what yours is, it's March Madness. So, like, to him, Christmas is like his kid, Christmas, Christmas Day. Like, Christmas Day is Christmas Day, you know, imagine when you were a kid, even if you don't love it now. But his second Christmas, he's like, March Madness basketball, man, it doesn't get any better than that. And so then that made a whole question around the table, like, what's your, my husband's was, of course, turkey season. Missouri turkey season lives for it, couldn't get married in the spring because spring. of it.
1: Spring turkey season. Yeah. right? Yeah,
0: spring turkey season. Uh, <laughs> so that's his second Christmas. So I posed the question to the panel what is your second
1: Christmas? let
3: Tom. I want to hear Gavin's first. All right, <laughs> it's be Gavin,
2: let's hear it. Eating
1: at it's, it's flea not. and tick season. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, a really here's good flea and here's tick. Car. <laughs> he's just. He's just <laughs> <laughs> And then I get to have my second I've Christmas. I have even caught
1: him with a vial of ticks and fleas.
2: And
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's gonna in He's going to get audited tomorrow.
2: <laughs> it has been a really good tick season, flea season. Uh, so my, my second Christmas, after all that money comes in from the flea and tick season... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to go to the Boundary Waters. That, yeah, that no first doubt. day in the Boundary no Waters. Is tell there. them what the Boundary
1: Waters is. It's
2: uh, a wilderness area on the Canadian border, and it's absolute pristine wilderness. When they drop you off, you can hear nothing but the wind blowing. Uh, it's an experience that you should do at least one time in your You're life. You're
1: not allowed to take a motor anywhere. And you, anywhere? I'm imagining there's it's no cell
0: service.
2: No cell event. service. Uh, so there, it's
0: survival it's, it's wilderness. You
2: take Correct. a
1: satellite phone
0: yeah, for I'm emergencies. I'm never doing no. that.
1: <laughs> and they will literally fly a lake plane to you. You know what I'm saying? Plane. Oh that's got those my gosh! Rescue
0: no bathrooms. Bat- no plane. bathrooms and things You can't uh, wash your hands. They have I'm things out.
2: like bathroom-like things. Yeah. But it's a
1: basically.
0: Uh, Does a, a comb that you sh- sit on? Yeah, it,
1: it, it, it's a, <laughs> a porta potty without the walls. No I'm walls.
0: Still, I'm out. I already know. And my you way. know
1: what's the amazing thing? You gotta the mosquitoes? take. Mosquitoes? Yeah, you gotta take a thing of off. And you spray that hole before you sit down. Otherwise, oh.
2: you become a pin cushion. Oh, it's that's oh my. a
0: true well, story. Well, let me just say, you're really selling it.
2: <laughs> second day of Christmas, yeah. just The
1: Best thing is getting lost on the way there. That's the best thing. We yeah. haven't even covered that. Yeah.
0: Did we talk about like uh, bears, moose, potential? We impending saw moose doom? this time.
2: Came in the middle into camp in the middle of the night. Second the Christmas. The eagles
1: come and eat the you know the the Offal, offal from the, offal the fish. From fish.
2: Yeah. It's a wilderness you have experience. To, if
0: you don't catch food, do you survive this? Like, do you yes. have to? Oh, my God. We pack in
2: pounds oh. and pounds of food.
1: What you got to know, though, you got to be, and of course, again, if you've seen me, you, you might question this, but you've got to be in a relatively decent shape because it's called portages, mm-hmm. and there's seven of them.
2: It, it is a physical event yeah, to get in is. and out.
1: So no. you, you paddle till you can't paddle no more, <laughs> and then you pick up everything and you tote it. 100 yards to 300 yards, put it back, pack it back, go to the next portage. Mm. Take yeah. it all out, tote it.
0: I guess this is a good time to say what my second Christmas is. Let's <laughs> Vacations. Yeah, there you go. I love vacations, but what you just described is not that. <laughs> and my son even said, Mom's idea of camping is a condo, and I was like, you got that right.
2: <laughs> they have condos up there, too, I'm just they saying. Do. Hmm. You don't have to pack into those.
0: Well, mm. you, that's where you'd find me. But I so, love vacations. So, so and family which vacation?
1: Trips. Which? which? I
0: just like family trips. Like, I just love it when the whole family's together. Like, we've taken some very long road trips where, uh, and I can't tell you why. I love to drive. I'm a driver. I am a road tripper. I You want me on a road trip. I'm a fantastic planner, and I can drive sunflower for seeds? miles.
1: You, do you do sunflower seeds no. to keep you awake? No? Mm, no. Just They're not coffee. healthy enough?
0: No, I don't, oh, I don't okay. eat those. But, Uh, That's my thing. If I'm in the car, got some earbuds in, the whole family's asleep, like we drive through the night and they're all sleeping and I'm just driving all night long in the open interstate. And I can remember we were driving into Texas, no lie, and it was about four in the morning. My husband had been asleep for hours, literally, and uh, Amarillo by morning came on, and I was driving across Texas. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my dad would be so proud right now. And I was just like, Amarillo by morning. I mean, I was in it. It was great.
3: That's living there. I was. (laughs) Mine mine is along the same lines. We bought a camper this year, and uh, a couple, two, three times. No cell service. I actually, people were trying to get a hold of me so bad. Steve repaid a visit to my house. Oh. When we got back into cell service, he's like, "Man, you don't lock up anything, do you?" I'm like, "You go through my house." He's like, we're just <laughs> making sure, sure you weren't murdered. Alive. Because yeah, some of them you, you Because we just fell off the grid, and but, your
2: milk's expired.
3: So when, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. You had to catch up. So so when
3: so when we're off the grid. And just you have nothing better to do but play badminton with your kids and throw a right. football and let's go rafting. You know, it's that—that's life. That's Christmas. We were we were able to experience that two or three times this year, so it was real nice.
1: I'll have to say that that's second for me. My, your third so Christmas. So my third—that's my third Christmas. Well,
0: the question was, what's your second? I, I, know, Christmas?
1: I know, I know, I, because I feel guilty because y'all are so spiritual and. You know, family or I sing
0: Amarillo <laughs> by morning. That was super spiritual.
1: My second Christmas is opening day of deer season. Yeah, it, I thought there'd just, be one of those is. takers in the crowd. It just is, and and you know we, we have come to the end of a chapter of a very 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 good deer hunting spot up north, and after 20 years, uh, you know we've had to say goodbye to that spot. And even though it was bittersweet, it was more sweet than bitter simply because of all the wonderful times that I've had with Benjamin and, and such of that nature. I, Dawn, or not Dawn, Molly has went up there and literally passed on six deer. And and at, on, after the sixth deer, I said, I just want to ask you a question. Babe. Do you want to kill a deer? <laughs> and she said, no, Dad, I really don't. And I said, well, that, that's, that's good. That's kind of but you are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> We're fixing to eat, man. That's so. right. Take that's a right. shot. We're bringing some meat home. So anyway, but no, oh, Open day of deer season, second Christmas. I love
0: I love the deer. I'm not against killing them. I personally don't, but I just, they're so beautiful.
1: Yeah.
3: I feel bad every time I do kill one. You know, now I don't, after I kill, you know, but sure. they're just to eat, and then you're yeah. about to put them bullet through him, you know, but I think you should feel a little bit bad oh, for no doubt. killing a creature. No, 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 you know? no doubt. Yeah, so I'm just...
0: against, like, killing giraffes. You know you're not going to eat that. Don't go right. kill a giraffe. You're not going to eat it. Like, that's rule number one. Like, the boys um, killed something, small, like a toad or something, and my husband was like, Are you going to eat that? And they're like, well, no. He was no. like, the next thing you kill, you're gonna you eat, eat, eat
2: it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, that. They That'll have stop stop not toad killed. Killing. They haven't killed anything else. <laughs> Well, like that, that got so.
0: spiritual as usual, yeah. so um, that's that all. That segment killed the spirituality.
3: <laughs> yep. yeah.
1: yeah, I knew it. Guys, oh, thank God. you so much for coming tonight. We'll May see you Lord next week, you. guys. Thanks yep. a lot. Amen.